So welcome to this week's episode of London Heal. My guest this week is, I've just discovered, very difficult to introduce because he's a man of extraordinary interests, many talents, wears many hats. He's been a um, doctor of Chinese medicine, an acupuncturist, a lecturer in cosmology and other interesting things related, a filmmaker, a spiritual warrior, um, just a man of, of extraordinary depth, um, diverse interests and wholeness actually um very rarely meet people who give out that 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 rounded um glow and and my guest is definitely one of those and another area of complexity is his name so he's known by two names on both the east side and the west side of the world we'll call him john john craig welcome thank you so much for coming on thank you for the glowing report it's <laughs> not glowing it's just the truth <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> One of the reasons why I really wanted to have John on the show is that he is a great exponent of this concept of grounding and earthing. And this is something I came across fairly recently. And it was one of those kind of aha moments that you get that when you read something or you hear about it, and you just know that this makes sense and it's just got to have value and, and be of interest. And let's go back to, to where you first came in touch with that. So how did you come across this whole concept of earthing? And maybe you can actually introduce it and tell us what it actually is. I first physically encountered the idea before I conceptually encountered it. Uh, I physically encountered the idea, I would say, in India in the early 1970s, uh, where I lived barefoot for months. Uh, I didn't have the concept of grounding, uh, but I somehow chose a lifestyle that involved walking barefoot all the time. And that was the initial connection with the earth. Uh, earth idea kept recurring because as you, you mentioned, Tatiana, uh, cosmology was a strong interest. And so a lot of my consciousness was always focused on the galactic, the universal, the multidimensional and Perhaps by some weird operation of synchronicity, I had to get taken down to ground level for balance. And so approximately 10 years ago, I made a film called Earth Pilgrims. And that really began the idea of the Earth connection being important. I then encountered Earth ships. Uh, which uh, listeners may not be familiar with the work of Michael Reynolds, a great American architect who for 40 years has been building amazing uh, ecological structures using tires, uh, glass and uh, cans, glass bottles and cans, Coca-Cola cans. Earth ships are sustainable lifestyle bunkers, and you use tires, which you fill with earth. So Michael Reynolds began the idea of earth ships, 
about 40 years ago in Taos, New Mexico. There are, there are many examples of his work. Uh, I ended up going to the Philippines to build an earthship bunker when a typhoon destroyed a village there. And so the idea of sustainability and the earthship, which is actually built into the earth, uh, uh, was like the second wave of, of you need to get down to earth, laddie. And then uh, about five years ago, uh, the book Earthing by uh, Clint Ober and two other uh, authors uh, came to my attention. And as you said, Tatiana, it makes sense conceptually. It just, oh, it's so simple. It's so obvious. I read the book and immediately started to practice uh, earthing. And uh, I then purchased earthing sheets and earthed my entire office, house, bedroom, everything. So that's really the progression uh, from the age of 18, then big gaps, and about 10, 15 years ago, and then a, a gap, and then five years ago. And now I see how it all connects. So what exactly is earthing? So you're in contact with the earth. You're, you're, you're actually, I mean, we all know, especially in the UK, because we have our three plugs, um, three pin plugs, that so one of them is live, one's neutral, one's earth. But um, for people to really understand what earth actually means, it's a flow of electrons, isn't it? It's actually where you are so connected to the earth that, that everything that's outside of what you need to power an appliance, for example, or in our cases, ourselves, is kind of offloaded. It's sort of like a safety switch. Um, that's, that's how you sort of see conventional earthing in terms of an electrical appliance. You think of if it's grounded, if it's earth, nothing can go wrong because anything that's kind of outside the limits of, of um, optimal working gets kind of filtered off into this sink. So how do you see that in terms of it for a human being? Uh, that's a very good synopsis. I don't have to say too much more. Uh, it depends on who's listening. Uh, some people will require uh, a, an electronic, environmental, scientific explanation. Uh, in the book Earthing, which I recommend people read, it goes into quite a lot of detail. And in fact, if uh, your listeners go and do a web search on down to earth. There's an excellent 15 minute video uh, where a physicist talks about uh, the relationship of the sun, the ionosphere, uh, the earth, and uh, how important it is for us to be connected to the electrical resonance of the earth, which is slightly negative. The source of this electrical potential actually comes from multiple lightning strikes. And it's interesting that London, uh, just two nights ago, was hit by an unbelievable number of lightning strikes, which means that right now the Earth is in a pristine, wonderful state for us to get connected to. It's just being negatively recharged yet again. So in the book, Earthing, uh, the idea of free electrons comes up. 
the idea that there's an endless uh, amount of, of course, invisible free electrons uh, coming from the surface of the Earth, the electrical potential of the Earth, slightly negative, uh, which will ground your body. Uh, some people like to have the image of these electrons actually travel up through your body. And it's interesting because you mentioned I was an acupuncturist. There are uh, 12 major channels or meridians, uh, one of which, of course, is the kidney meridian. And anybody who's practiced or studied will know that point one, K1, which I don't call it, I call it Yusen because I studied in Japanese. Yusen literally means bubbling spring. But uh, in the West, you call it K1, kidney one. Uh, unlike other uh, starting points of meridians, it's not at the end of a finger or a toe. It is right underneath, uh, it is right on the sole of your foot. So why would you have, why would Chinese medicine have uh, understood that the primal meridian, the kidney channel for those that don't know, is the yin of the yin, the darkest of the dark, the creative energy, the earth energy, uh, this effulgent creative energy of all life, which springs out of darkness, just like a seed springs out of darkness. Well, the kidney channel, which is your life force, your, your absolute centrally important life force, where does it start? Why not at the end of a finger or a toe like all of the others? It starts on the sole of your foot almost like a socket or a plug, whichever way you want to look at it. So there you have your socket plug analogy where the human body is actually designed from a Chinese medicine perspective for you to input energy from the earth via the sole of your foot, which will then circulate through the kidney channel, of course, through the kidney organs themselves uh, to the rest of your body, thus, supplying you with what they call chi and in japanese we call ki so i believe that uh, i would refer to that energy uh, chi or ki it may be too oriental for some people uh, electrical potential or free electrons might be too scientifically funky for people so i decided coming from both the East and the West, that I would call it something that would resonate with me, which is telluric energy. Telluric is a, is a, is a word that is not often used, uh, but telluric energy, people like Tesla uh, understood the idea of telluric energy. So uh, telluric energy is actually the source of all Earth life, all, all beings, all plants, uh, all sentient uh, entities depend on this energy, the source of which is the sun, lightning strikes, uh, cosmic rays, etc., charging the planet with energy. And we need to access that energy for our health. Absolutely. As it's as important as water or food. And uh, the physicist in Down to Earth says that it is just as important as food and water and light is earth and that's the component that we have totally lost which is in my humble opinion the reason why our health condition has deteriorated so dramatically in
since we invented insular insulated shoes yeah the, i mean i i that makes perfect sense to me um to pay devil's advocate just for a moment because i explore a whole load of different uh, disciplines and ideas concerning health you know it's really really tempting sometimes to go down that rabbit hole and go well this is snake oil it's the one thing that cures everything panacea <laughs> Exactly. Because I mean, if you talk to a functional medical doctor, he'll tell you that everything is about diet. And if you talk to, you know, a, a spiritual practitioner, they'll tell you it's everything to do with whatever they're into and so on and so forth. But it, it kind of makes sense because I mean, we are fundamentally electrical beings. I mean, I just have like a million questions here, so I have to stay a bit focused. But just yesterday, because we're also talking about synchronicities, I received in my inbox because I'm um, a heart math facilitator. So oh. I, I love working with, with uh, the whole idea of heart coherence and brain coherence. And just yesterday, they actually released a, 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 an update on the Global Coherence Project, which shows there are so many um, physical, emotional, and mental functionings within the human body that are not only dependent on our own electrical systems, but actually the earth, the stars, the moon, and the sun, and the, things like the number of solar flares, the intensity of solar flares actually has an absolute direct effect on the way we feel, you know, the levels of anxiety. And the more and more I sort of research all of these things, you just, I come to this conclusion, you know, the messages are actually really quite simple. <laughs> and it's like, there's a million different ways to skin a cat, but actually it's the same cat. You know? <laughs> um, so I, I, I love this idea of earthing because it's, it's so, it's so elegant. It's simple. It's primal. You know, it's, uh, it's the way we were, we came onto this earth, you know, and, yeah, you know, I'm sure we all ate food, which was also a lot more simple than everything, but we all walked on this earth um, barefoot, or at least with skins, which I, I assume conduct as well, right? Absolutely. Well, I'm very happy to hear that you're involved in the Global Coherence Project and Heart Math. I think that's a, a brilliant uh, development of human understanding. And you did mention uh, the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been uh, pretty intensely involved in studying solar activity for over a decade. In fact, I wrote a book called The Solar Code in Japanese uh, about 10 years ago, uh, long before we had the plethora of uh, instruments now from various satellites giving us updates on what's happening with the sun compared to 10 years ago our understanding of solar activity and how it impacts the human body has dramatically increased and so uh i now give regular updates in japanese about uh, what to expect weather wise and health wise uh from electromagnetic uh, energy coming in from the sun from sunspot activities from coronal hole uh activity there is now a, a, a very good basis for claiming that, for example, uh, epidemics of flu are strongly connected to sunspot activities. This kind of information the Egyptians had. They knew this inside out, absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, and not just the sun. They also realized that the sun behind the sun 
which they understood was serious, has even more profound implications for the entire human evolutionary cycle. So you're correct in, in, in delineating the fact that it's not just the Earth. It's the Earth, the Sun, the Moon, the galaxy, everything. However, your grounding point, you must have a grounding point to connect to the Sun, which is why in Japan now, we have a lot of people doing both sun gazing and grounding at the same time. And they're also doing cold water therapy at the same time because they have a tradition of it. Their solar worship culture, very connected to earth and water. But they've forgotten all of this. And isn't it strange that a Scotsman should appear speaking Japanese to remind them of something which they should never have forgotten in the first place? So uh, it, it does, it is tempting to say this is a panacea. And so to follow your devil's advocate a little bit further, I interviewed uh, Dr. Uh, Laura Conover, who, who is a physician and has done a, a great deal of research uh, in earthing or grounding. Uh, and by the way, there, it, there can be some uh, difficulty. Some people will call it earthing. Uh, many people will call it grounding. And remember, grounding in English really refers to the idea of being mentally more stable. Oh, he's a grounded person. Mm. But here it means, of course, grounded. grounding means connected to the ground, to the earth. She said, uh, she always tells people about diet and advises her clients, her patients, about water and food and meditation and yoga and all of these practices. But she was very firm in saying they're all great, but they are secondary practices. To do yoga grounded is very diff different from doing it ungrounded. And we've already started the experiment in Japan. We have the first earthing yoga group now in Kyoto, Japan. They're spreading this message all over Japan. They're all yoginis. Most of them are women. They've been doing yoga, some of them for 30, 40 years. Now they're an experienced bunch of women. Immediately they notice the difference because earthing.com, uh, uh, Clint Ober's company started to produce earthing yoga mats. Uh, we started experimenting in Japan and all of them noted that their flexibility was immediately better as soon as they started. Rather than have to kind of warm up and, and, and slow into it, they were instantly relaxed. Uh, practitioners, physiotherapists, massage people, acupuncturists in Japan, instant difference. They don't have to massage the client for 15 minutes to get the main stress gone before they get into the real massage. It's like it's already, they're ready. So these are real reports from real people. In, in that realm. And so Laura said to me, all of these are great, but if you're not grounded, doing all of these practices, you are missing out on a lot of the benefits. So you mentioned the word primal. Grounding is the primal discipline. Everything comes after that. And if that's too simple, well, then we're too complex. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like that. It's uh, 
it has this simplicity which i just i just find absolutely charming because i'm having spent many years in science oftentimes as i said before you know the most the most engaging and the most um extraordinary principles are usually the ones that are actually very simple and very easy to discuss and what i love about this is that anybody can do it anywhere you don't need i mean you just need to take your shoes off and go outside right so what how how what's the best way for example for for somebody who's listening to this to actually incorporate these practices into their daily life do they need to go off and um buy a whole load of equipment or do they just you know there's a lot of people who live in really big concrete jungles and they don't actually get to see that much ground and well, um, the concrete let's start with the concrete jungle uh tokyo is the ultimate concrete jungle and uh for years now i've been conducting seminars called the earthing experience seminar uh, during which we will have let's say an average of 20 people come into our room on the eighth floor of an office building uh smack dab in the middle of tokyo surrounded by concrete uh, if they were to go outside and uh, if their life depended on getting contact with the earth within three minutes, they'd have to really move fast to find a piece of green. But on reflection, there are some trees outside of the main office. Oh, Laura said this to me too, literally a play on words. If you're really in a pinch, you can actually grab a leaf between your forefinger and your thumb on a tree and that will be enough to ground you literally one second she said is still better than nothing because she she gave me a breakdown of what happens after one minute after one hour one day one month one year to the physical systems to the skin to the nervous system to the blood to the bones what happens to the uh sensitivity of the skin all of these have been conclusively, scientifically, research with double-blind tests. So to get back to the Tokyo situation, uh, it, it, it would be hard to go outside and take your shoes off. But what about concrete? Concrete actually has a slight grounding potential because there's water in concrete and it connects to ground. So, you know, in a pinch, you could take the shoes off on top of concrete and you would get grounded to a certain extent. Tarmac asphalt zero. Uh, better uh, park, uh, rock, uh, river, uh, if you ever see nearby. But let's get back to the concrete jungle. So they appear, and when they sit down, they've got their books. Uh, we translated the earthing book. I also wrote an earthing book. They can look through that, and like most people, their brains will go. Uh, 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 uh. and then they will start to categorize it oh that's just another uh, 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 uh. and they'll get that little pigeonhole and they'll, they'll figure out ah oh, it's just that especially the men they will cross their arms across their chest and, and they'll go oh yeah it's another one of them ideas so uh i introduced the concept how it started uh i talk about clint Ober's work so when the uh, participants come in, I ask them to note down exactly what's going on with their body so they will be able to know if there is a difference before and after grounding because we're going to ground them in this office. So they will write down, starting from the top of their head, 
condition of scalp, skin, itchiness, eyes, uh, any uh, eye problems, how clearly can they see? Actually, in future tests, we will, we will, in future experiences, we will do eye tests because people later report that their eyes got clearer, their vision expanded, nose, especially nasal, nasal congestion. All of this is a form of, uh, of course, uh, inflammation, throat, moving down to the shoulders and the neck. Usually people are very stiff in the shoulders and the neck. Uh, I ask them to move their shoulders to find out the range of movement. So they will have a parameter to check with after they've finished. So they go through their entire body, hips, knees, joints. I ask them to stand up and see if they can touch their toes, for example. So they have a very clear understanding of how they started the seminar. And after one hour of talking and showing videos, I then take what's called an earthing patch, which is the cheapest way for you to get earthed. It's just like a medical patch they use for sticking electrodes on when they're doing tests. But instead of sticking an electrode on it, you simply clip on a special lead, which we use for earthing sheets, and you plug the other end into uh, the ground port or the earth port. So we've got 20 people, we've got tables where each one of them can take an earth from in front of them, attach it to the aforementioned, like a sticker, and then all they're going to do is put it on the area that hurts. If some people put it on their forehead, if they have a headache, I mean, they got these things stuck all over them. It's hilarious. And after one hour, and I got this all on YouTube in Japanese, what happens? I go around the room. Do you notice any changes? Unbelievable. I mean, the stories you hear, which are on YouTube, if you speak Japanese, maybe we'll have to get them subtitled. We have had the most amazing exclamations. One woman, uh, when uh, I think if I was to directly translate her Japanese, it'd be like, holy shit, I just got my wedding ring off. So this woman realized she was just, she was just feeling her finger and her wedding ring slipped right off for the first time in eight years. So I go, hey, hey, we're not dealing with miracles here, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard the explanation about how the biggest problem we face is inflammation and how inflammation is actually caused by lack of electrons in the body. We're too positively charged, so we have inflammation. And within uh, 20 minutes, we can see from thermal photographs that inflammation dramatically reduces. So what happened to her? She simply had inflamed joints, and she's had inflammation for years. That's why she couldn't get her ring off. Boom, it came right off. We have people saying, wow, I can see, I can read the letters on that book over there. We have people having much bigger range of motion in their joints. And mentally, people are saying, I feel more relaxed. I feel calmer. My nose is not blocked anymore. So I immediately ask him, why? Oh, because it was inflammation causing the mucus. Aha. So not only do they feel it and experience it, they understand because they've seen all the videos of blood flow and blood change and red corpuscles moving faster and not so clumped together, and they get it. However, every time you'll get one 50-year-old guy who's been living in the left side of his brain since he was born, has never touched anything in nature, and has been trained. 
He has been entrained to believe that the scientific paradigm is the almighty God of the universe. And he will still sit there with his arms crossed over his chest and go, I don't feel anything. Because what else can he say? What else is he going to say? And Dr. Laura Conover said, I get this question all the time. People, some people will say, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. That doesn't mean you're not being grounded. And it doesn't mean the changes are happening in your physiology. It just means you're insensitive, honey. That's all. Or you're blocking the feeling because it is so simply powerful. Like you mentioned, Occam is king. Occam's razor. Simple always is true. Yeah. So rather than admit it, they will do everything in the left brain box to deny it. But it's still happening. And we're going to take blood tests in the future so we can show them, hey, here's your blood before, here's your blood after. Do you have an argument with that, Mr. Left Brain Box Analyst? You can argue with that. I want you on my team. (laughs) That's what it's going to take for the men. The women, (laughs) instantaneous. Like, of course. And then they tell their children. And finally, their husbands are going to have to give in, especially if they're sleeping with him. Because if the woman is earth, you know that uh, Clint Ober, the first sheet that he made was called a half sheet because uh, the men were horrendously opposed to the stupid idea of plugging yourself into the earth port. The women got it. So they do a half sheet so that the woman would be able to sleep earth and the husband who didn't want anything to do with it would be on his side of the bed, nothing to do with this mumbo jumbo. But we did an experiment in our class using voltmeters where I was earth and the whole 40 people were not, right? So we checked them with the voltmeter, they checked me, I'm at zero. Some of them are at four or five volts because they're in an electromagnetically charged room, right? And I'm joking, you people could run a cassette player off of the static in your bodies. You got five volts in you. Used to be we played a cassette recorder with six volts. I got zero or 0.12 volts, right? And if I grab the hand of the woman in front of me, she goes right down to zero instantly because I just grounded her. She then holds hands with the woman next to her who also goes down to zero. We're checking each person as we go around the room. Our, our maximum number was 40, no difference. So uh, theoretically, theoretically, I could ground a million people. Theoretically, it hasn't been done yet. The experiment should be done. But just imagine the implications of that in terms of human understanding. One person can ground an entire city. All you got to do is hold hands. Yeah, well, I mean, we're the perfect batteries, you know, our, our blood is not, you know, it's, it's got salts dissolved in it. We all know salt water conducts electricity much better than water alone, but water is actually insulating without the salts in it. So it makes perfect sense to me. Um, the other thing as well that, you know, I mean, I've been reading an awful lot of them at the moment about um, mitochondrial uh, damage because that's that's a big buzzword in a lot of the uh, natural medicine fields that that are sort of adopting science as 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 a way of actually looking at natural processes and this idea of mitochondrial aging is a real thing and i mean if you actually think about it i mean the mitochondria are the energy factories of the body without energy you can't actually do anything 
and the major um, uh, process that goes on in there is sort of the Krebs cycle. This this conversion of of ATP. Um, um, goes down to ADP and back up. And whenever you look at that, I always remember that when I first learned that in my biochemistry lessons, they always have this arrow that would come into the side that said electron. But you never knew where this electron came from. And I did actually ask that question <laughs> and none of my teachers could ever answer. And it was like, oh, well, you know, it comes from somewhere because they're just around, you know. But now it just suddenly dawned on me when you think about this whole idea of sort of grounding, that's exactly where those extra electrons that you need come from. And they are so central because it is your primary way of making energy and reducing inflammation and making your body work because without that power you it stops functioning well uh that is a remarkable thing you've just said uh trained in biochemistry you have the graph there should be an electron hanging out there somewhere but we can't quite figure i mean <laughs> this is you know if this was the world of business i mean that teacher that department would get sacked for such incompetence really <laughs> and uh you know half of scientists at least should be sacked for the absurdity of the theories and the fact that they can't figure out the simplest stuff and, yeah, may know, maybe it has been sorted out i mean i haven't kept up with the with the world of biochemistry to with the intensity that i've initially trained so i don't want to go on insulting people unnecessarily but it, <laughs> it, it, i can do it but you can exactly exactly i can exactly they need they deserve to be insulted much more yeah i mean i think it raises the point that that you you can't you know science is full of what i you know they call them constants i used to call them fudge factors yeah, really <laughs> you know when i think that's the point is we have to go and figure out where you know you've got to tie up all the loose ends otherwise you know you're missing stuff right yeah you're missing stuff and what science and especially cosmology and especially physics has really fundamentally missed, overlooked, denied, is that the universe is electrical in essence. It is an electrical universe, absolutely unquestionably. And I mean, it, it, we should have got that two nights ago in London. <laughs> Where is all this electrical energy coming from that's lighting up the sky? Hello? So, um, I've managed to connect my own scientific research as a freelancer, not belonging to any one tradition or system. And uh, when I encountered the electric universe or the plasma cosmology theory, it just, like grounding, was like, oh, of course the sun is electrical. Of course galaxies are electrical. Why didn't I get that? And yet contemporary science will absolutely insist that gravity rules the universe it does not and we are electrical beings as you said and what you just mentioned actually tatiana about atp is in the 15 minute video online free called down to earth so please listeners get on it don't believe what i'm saying you've got you've got a heart specialist in there dr steven sinatra You've got Dr. Laura Conover, and you've got uh, Dr. Uh, Chevalier Getalin, who's a physicist, talking about this. These are scientists. So uh, I can say, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But these people are trained in understanding the electrical activity, especially the heart. 
yeah well we'll definitely put the links in the in the podcast notes so that people can actually go off and look at that there was another thing that you were saying earlier on that was um that kind of like scratch scratch my interest this whole idea about you know the men don't get it and the women do and i mean if you think about you know the shamanic ideas of, of father sky and pachamama then uh, you know that the the earth is essentially feminine and that's where all of this nurturing comes from and but the the cosmology as you said yourself it was something that you were kind of out there for a while too far totally. away from earth you totally. know it's a very male concept um totally. so i mean is it do you reckon this is part of also the reason why perhaps in the western world that that kind of male feminine balance is starting to become redressed because we are we're all kind of realizing that we need to get back to some of these feminine principles um get back to the nurturing to the earth oh absolutely i mean you nailed it uh, why have we suddenly got this awareness of grounding? Uh, why has our culture, uh, male-dominated culture, left-brain, scientifically dominated, technologically advanced culture, which can trash the planet without compunction, without feeling anything at all? We can waste entire forests with not a moment of regret because we're not connected to the forest, <laughs> right? It's really easy to murder somebody you do not consider a human. And remember, that's what the white man did to the Native American. And in South America, you could hunt Amazonian natives with glee and with no compunction at all because they're not humans. That's how crazy the male species has become. And anybody who is connected to the ground, to the earth, would have a really hard time pulling a trigger. I can guarantee, because I've experienced it. You walk around connected to the earth all day, it's not going to be easy to pull your saw and chop down that tree, because you will feel, you will resonate with that tree and realize it's a sentient being too, which, of course, Every female of the species probably knows inherently more, as you said, Pachamama connected or sky connected. So that's a very important point you made. I believe that uh, the fastest way that we can redress the male-female imbalance is for all of us to get connected to Pachamama. And of course, we can do this in shamanic ceremony. We can do it in many different ways, but again, we're talking about secondary and primary issues. The primary issue is get connected to earth, then do your ayahuasca ceremony, get connected to earth, and then do your peyote ceremony. It's not the other way around. It'll be, which is why a lot of people have real difficulty uh, in getting involved in shamanic work because they're not grounded. And they forget that that tradition came from a people who are totally connected to Pachamama. So it's an entirely different proposition to be doing sacred plant work when you already have an awareness in your body of Pachamama and coming out of LA where you've been ungrounded for the last 25 years. I mean, hello, why are we not addressing this? Well, we're addressing it now, all you plant people out there. Yeah, because that's that's definitely something which is a total trend at the moment. But I, I you know, whether it's Burning Man or whatever, whatever, it's uh, there is a there is a sort of a feeling, in my opinion, about um, uh, people are looking for something 
and they're grabbing, clutching at straws. Um, but it's not, it's sometimes not very directed searching. It's, it doesn't have foundation. It's not grounded, I guess. It's not grounded. <laughs> yeah. So we, we return to the primal issue. The right. primal issue doesn't matter what you're doing, where you are, what you think, what your religion is, or your philosophy, we are all earthling. And I, I say that in the singular, not the plural. We are not earthlings. We are earthling, which is the one sentient being composed of the godzillion sentient beings on this planet. We are one earthling. So if we're, you know, that word came into the English language from science fiction, uh, I believe 1947, when the aliens came and they looked down, they said, what are we going to call them? Let's call them earthling. And uh, it became a kind of a semi-derogatory term, you know, oh, earthling. Uh -huh. Yeah, but that's actually our real name in the massive uh, conglomeration of galaxies. Uh, and everybody looking at our little light in the sky would say, oh, there's earthling. They call their place Earth. <laughs> their name is earthling. And how come they never got connected to their planet? Don't you think that's weird, Jimmy, as the alien talks to the other? What's wrong with these people? It's so Absolutely. simple. It's it, so simple. It, yeah. They can't get it. What's wrong with these people? And so Clint Ober said to me, after 20 years of busting his ass, getting this information out in every, every way you could think of, he wants to ground all of America. Nowhere near it. So then he goes out and he says, okay, I got to convince Deepak Chopra because he's got his four pillars of health or his five pillars of health, and he's missing the main pillar, right? Now, how do you think Deepak's going to think about that? Oh, I missed the main pillar. Whoops. So uh, he went out there to the Chopra uh, Institute and conducted a bunch of, of double-blind uh, studies to satisfy the doctor. And uh, after a year, of tests. And I understand he has to be careful because there's a lot of influence. Totally understandable. You can't just put any flaky idea out there and say it's a pillar of health. But now he is fully behind it. And he's added grounding to the pillars of health, finally. And he must be wanting to shoot himself in the foot that he didn't get it 20 years ago. Like, whoops, I missed it. But it's better late than never. And that goes for all of the other. Uh, health conscious people uh, and promoters around the planet, if they don't get this, they're going to go whoops in five years when there's an, a grounding revolution happening around the world because you'll get it. You'll just get it. Instant. What, what do you reckon is the, is the correlation between being ungrounded in that sense and the fact that we're also on the other side of the scale being exposed to massive amounts of radiation, electrical signals, EMF, the whole thing all around us. You know, everybody is connected to something electrical. I have the feeling the younger generation can't actually breathe in and out if they're not, you know, holding yeah. a device. Um, how, do, how does that all interplay? Is that, is that making the situation worse if people people are not grounded or is it is absolutely absolutely uh if we are going to maintain an electrically based internet based uh, technology uh our very survival will depend 
I'm going to say that again, our very survival will depend on us uh, becoming grounded. Otherwise, we will be unable to handle uh, the, to make it easy to understand the static electricity hanging around in our systems. And this is in fact the case, uh, things like multiple sclerosis and, and uh, microfibromyalgia, you know, what does Lady Gaga have? I mean, if Lady Gaga is listening, I'd like to say to her, you don't need to have five massage people on you with injections all day to control the pain that you are having. And you can't do your concerts, Lady Gaga, because you haven't understood the principle of grounding. Or for all those people who can't sleep, uh, the same thing. Uh, we can't sleep because we're not grounded. And in fact, uh, the, the Huffington Post was created by a lady whose first name I forget. Ariana Huffington. Yeah. Ariana Huffington, thank you, wrote a book called The Sleep Revolution because she couldn't sleep. And nowhere in that book is grounding mentioned. She missed it too. Whoops. So all of this information we have in the electronic age, all of this incredible communication, and you can still miss that, should alert us, should deeply alert us that, hey, we got to get grounded because all of these diseases that are now incurable, understand, why would a 30-year-old woman get MS? Where's the cause? Can any of you docs out there tell me what the cause of MS is, if you're honest to the bone? And they're all going to go in unison, no, we don't. And we certainly don't have a cure for MS. Because my daughter's friend, who's now 40 years old, is wasting away in an apartment in Nelson from MS. And I am very confident that if she had been a grounded human being, it would never have happened, though I can't prove it to you scientifically. Start doing the research. Then we are going to become extinct if we don't get grounded, because the increase in electrical traffic all the time will do in our brains. Our brains are the most sensitive electrical devices on the planet. And if they're irradiated with electromagnetic frequencies from cell phones and televisions and computers endlessly, would that have a connection with depression? Would that have a connection with other mental illnesses? I believe it does. So it's not just a physical grounding. Many people are reporting how emotionally better they feel being connected to Pachamama. Now there's something to think about. So if there's even 1% of truth in this discussion, even 1% of truth, wouldn't you want to explore it to get 1% better? Especially as it's just so easy. I mean, you know, ground, you can buy grounding mats from Amazon. They don't really cost that much. Um, yeah. And you can just take your shoes off and go outside, right? How long, actually, how long do you have to do that per day to actually get a really good effect? Again, that, is, that is a very uh, potent question. How long do you have to do it to get the effects and how long do the effects last? Uh, Laura Conover brilliantly went through that. Um, the more, the better. Simple. Uh, in an extreme pinch, literally, if you're in a city environment, your office is completely insulated. You're wearing, of course, plastic and rubber 
soled shoes, you're insulated, your house is insulated, everything is insulated. Uh, you will do well even two seconds holding onto a tree or a leaf. In, in, a, in a real pinch, you could uh, jump in a bath. If your plumbing system in your house still uses metal pipes, jump in a bath. That will rescue you. Even a shower, even putting your fing, finger under the faucet for a few seconds will drown you in a pinch. And when you begin to feel the change, you'll demand more. You'll want to be earthed all the time. And so you'll buy an earthing sheet so you can sleep earth, which is the cheapest actual medical attention you'll ever have because you can use that for several years and you'll get better sleep anyway. So you'll be grounded. I'm in a I'm in a a B and B in London, and I'm looking at my bed now, and I have a silver threaded grounding sheet attached to the earth port in this B and B. Thankfully, in London you have earth ports. In Japan you don't in hotels, and I've actually created a movement to demand that hotels provide earth ports in their hotel rooms so that people can sleep earth. So you'll start to demand, demand more, Tatya. You'll, do, you'll want to sleep earth. You'll want to uh, earth as much as possible during the day. And uh, then you'll see the differences. And then a whole bunch of revolutionary changes will start happening in your life. But I would start with just 10, 15 minutes outside in your garden or in the park, beautiful parks in London, if you're in London. Uh, and then move on from there. One second is enough to better yeah i mean i think in general you, one is just increasingly getting the evidence in bucket loads from loads of different directions that just getting back to nature in one way or another is so essential i mean you know that as i said earlier you know i'm really fascinated about the whole microbiome and, and i think that's also going to be a huge revolution in in medicine in the in the future and I mean, you know, the take home message there is go outside and put your hands in the earth, you know, get your hands dirty. You're going to you're going to inoculate yourself with all the bacteria that your body needs just by getting outside, you know, put your hands in the earth. And then when you add the grounding fact, you just see that all of this stuff is related. And the more sophisticated and distance we become from from, you know, the earth, the mother earth and, and everything around us, the sicker we actually become. And it. To me, it seems so strikingly obvious that I don't understand why there's such resistance against against just getting it. I mean, yeah. I think it's this this innate arrogance that that human beings have acquired <laughs> over the last few hundred years that that we're separate and different and better, and this earth is just there for us to manipulate and exploit. And it's uh, it's like no, it's, it's well, just do a smile index. Uh, go to third world countries. Uh, and see how much people smile and how healthy they look. Um, when I was a young man, I traversed Africa. I hitchhiked from, from Cairo to Cape Town. And so I went through a lot of rural areas and people had very basic lifestyles. First thing I noticed about African uh, people, their teeth are unbelievably beautifully strong and clean, right? And most of them in the villages I was going through, I'll delineate, it here to be clear, uh, ate a diet of mealy mealy, which was corn and a couple of other things. I mean, 
from a nutritional point of view, they were way understanding, right? They were fit as fiddles, strong, healthy, happy, glowing people. These are supposed to be poor, impoverished, like undernourished. When I don't think so. We're the ones don't look so hot around here. And then I went to Peru, did a lot of work in Peru over many years. And the, the, the mountain people in Peru, the Quechua people, for example, they're just so strong, bounding up and down mountains, great teeth, really resilient and happy, smile a lot, laugh a lot. And then I'm going, wait a minute, what am I missing here? All of these miserable people from Europe and America with a long face is spending thousands of dollars for their, for their Peru retreat, and they still can't be happy. And now I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> these people are not just in nature. They are connected. We are not. And that's the difference between living in outer space and living on Earth, as far as I can see. You know, that you can't earth the space shuttle. And as far as I know, and wouldn't this be a technological breakthrough if we could earth airplanes, which is the worst place to be, which is why we feel so miserable. We're disconnected from Earth, and we're also closer to cosmic rays, which we need to get Earth to help us with. I mean, it's revolutionary, but I don't think you can do long distance earthing like you can do Wi-Fi on planes. So uh, you really need Pachamama. <laughs> yeah, they should uh, just have a big patch of earth to come. Everybody should. The minute you get off a plane, you just go stand in that straight away. So <laughs> the biome idea is connected to that. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, dirty living. You know, never worry about washing your hands all the time in the earth. And it, it's not a problem with these people. Right, right. It's us that has all of the diseases, not them. So, yeah, certainly the lifestyle diseases. I mean, they just really just yeah. don't happen in indigenous peoples. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so, John, what's what's your role in 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 this whole movement, in this whole thing? Um, where do you see yourself? I mean, you're clearly a massive advocate. Um, what do you? What do you, I know that you've uh, made a film which is going to be coming out sometime uh, in the near yeah. future. But where do you where do you see yourself as as in this in this role? Uh, in Japan, where most of my work happens, uh, I, I see a wonderful people. I mean, Japanese really have so many uh, superior qualities, I have to say, because I've lived in the East and in the West. And here's a, a, a people who are very honest and decent and caring and kind which are pretty difficult qualities to put together, those four. They're not gonna steal from you. They're not gonna do a number on you. They're gonna help you if they possibly can. It's part of their culture. And they're not gonna make a big deal about it. They still have that humility. And I've lived with these people and worked with these people for 43 years. And I've seen their health rapidly deteriorate in the last 20 years not just their physical health, their, their stress levels now are astronomical. They're dealing with so much stress in the society and it's added to by the use of electronic appliances. So uh, I would really like 
Japan to get grounded, first of all. That's my main role. And so I have created the Earthling Foundation, the release of the film of Why on Earth will be in Tokyo at the Foreign Correspondence Club uh, with a clear intention of getting this message out first to Japan because they really need it, I believe, at this point in their history. And uh, I have a concept of creating earthing parks all over Japan. And what this means is that we'll start in Tokyo with a, like a theme park. Like in Britain, we have this fantastic um, uh, Eden project in Cornwall where people can go into these wonderful domes and experience the importance of plants to the human. Component, but it's a great educational center to show how we absolutely need so how if how come we don't have the grounding component i don't know but if we have a smaller version of that in tokyo where the average salaried man or salaried woman in their busy electrically polluted lives can go into this park which is aesthetically arranged so that they can take their shoes off and be barefoot and not feel weird about it because they're in an environment just for that if they did it anywhere else no 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 They'll get blood checks when they go in. They'll get stress checks when they go in. They'll get bone density checks when they go in. And by the way, Tatiana, I should mention here that I get regular bone density checks in Japan where it's only cost you like five quid to put your food in a machine which scans you and gives you a bone density because osteoporosis is caused by electron deficiency, according to Clint Ober. And so they did a bone density check on me. And I'll tell you, the nurse's jaws all dropped because you have a median level for your age, right? And it is uh, assumed that you will get more porous bones as you get older because that's what's happening to people. That's the name osteoporosis, right? Whoever decided that human beings should get that kind of a bone structure when they're older. Where did that idea come from? It came from the fact that we have more and more osteoporosis, more and more and more, as we become less and less grounded, because we're suffering from electrical deficiency, which causes the body to leach calcium from its own bones because of the biochemical imbalance caused by the lack of electrons coming from the earth. That's it in a nutshell, osteoporosis. So uh, you'll get a bone density check. My results, I have the bones of a 30 year old man. Absolutely categorically. My bones are 160% more dense than the average 65 year old in Japan. That's science. That's, that's a printout, honey. That's what you want to say to them. <laughs> you want to see this printout? And I keep on doing it year by year. And the levels are steady. I, I don't think my bones can get any denser than this. So um, what does that do for your health when you have the bones of a 30-year-old, which is what you should be having to the end of your life? Yeah, well, I mean, your skeleton holds you up, doesn't it? Without that, you... It's the, whole thing. It's the framework. If you were a building, you know, 
So uh, all of these checks will be conducted before you walk into the earthing park in Tokyo, the barefoot park, easier to understand. Uh, if there are any Japanese businessmen listening, we're looking for funding. If you get onto this idea, you'll make billions, Jimmy, because what will happen is that slowly but surely they'll stop being shy and there'll be doctors in white coats there so they'll feel secure and they'll walk in and get all the tests before they go and they'll take the shoes off. They'll be in there for half an hour. There'll be a meditation spot, a yoga spot, a refreshment spot, a quiet spot, you know, and they'll feel instantly relaxed as soon as they get grounded because there'll be lawn inside this park. And then when they leave, they'll do another five minutes of tests and the printouts will show how their blood has changed, their bone density may or may not have changed in a short period, but they'll see changes. But more importantly, they'll feel absolutely much better. And guess who's going to come back to the Earthing Park tomorrow? And guess who they're going to tell about the Earthing Park today? And guess what's going to happen? They're going to demand Tokyo Metropolitan Government make one in every ward of the 23 wards of Tokyo. Then you'll have 23. And then, of course, the mayors of the other cities in Japan are going to go, hey, we want one of them. Can you imagine the power of that idea? Yeah, no, it's enormous. I mean, I can see that just not only in, in I mean, obviously your focus of attention is, is Japan because that's your, that's your area that you live in is yeah. where you're attached to, but you see that all over. I mean, when you look at the NHS here in the UK and you see how they are so strapped for cash, I mean, it's just a financial question. If, if you can do anything, which I think encourages good health and uh, you know and it doesn't cost a lot it's it's got to be a good thing because I mean the system as it is is just not sustainable it's just not sustainable we cannot sustain health based on on drug therapy and surgery and interventions and besides which ultimately they're not really helping that much if one's honest um so I think no they're obviously failing radically yeah, failing yeah yeah well, that's my mission is to try and, and get exactly this sort of information out there. So I'm really, really grateful that you took the time to uh, to come and talk to everybody about it, because I think it's absolutely brilliant. The idea is brilliant. We'll definitely have you back if you'd agree to come. When absolutely. Out, because absolutely. I'd love to talk about the film, too. Um, it's it's uh, just so the listeners whet their appetite a bit. It's uh, it's the story of you walking across Iceland barefoot, which I just find fascinating it's uh, i had the privilege of seeing the film um uh, ahead of time and it's uh, it's brilliant so when that's out we'll definitely get you back and talk about that and thank Great. you thank you and so meanwhile much. you know london uh if if some listeners are in london uh so many beautiful parks in london just fantastic places to do everything and i was in several parks yesterday and uh apart from me and one other person i don't think i saw anybody barefoot and for me, that was tragic. Yeah. For everybody else, it wasn't tragic. It was like, you've seen something that nobody else has seen and you're looking at all the people and going, oh, you poor people. If only you would take your shoes off in this beautiful park, how right. much better you would feel. So you don't have to build an earthing park in London. <laughs> you got them. Just all go to use them. All you gotta do is start getting people out there barefoot and by osmosis, like laughing yoga started in India in a park. One guy laughing 
And within six months, they had laughing yoga like in every park in India. Uh, I think we can do it in London. <laughs> for sure, for sure, absolutely. No, I live right close to Hampstead Heath, so um, sometimes it's a, it's a bit of an issue taking my shoes off because I just think how many dogs have been over here, but I choose yeah, yeah. not to not to spend too much time thinking about that. But well, another aspect. Yeah, go hug a tree, as you said yourself. Yeah, if, exactly. if that, you know, it's it's just getting out there and touching, being in contact, being connected. I think is exactly the point, isn't it? Oh yeah. And when you walk barefoot, you will immediately become much more aware of every step. Just like you mentioned the dog problem, you're going to actually pay attention to where you're walking. And that in itself is a meditation. Right, you've absolutely. You've got to be here now to walk barefoot. You can't just blindly blunder through the jungle. You've got to watch where each, each foot drops. Quite. And that in itself is a, is a form of, uh, of grounded meditation. So there's nothing but um, positives to this. You might step in the odd, odd bit of dog poo, but it won't kill you. The biome will work in your defense, you know. So, uh, yeah, let's do it again. And uh, I hope that all of our listeners uh, get out there today. <laughs> Why Especially, wait? Exactly. The weather's beautiful. There's no excuse. John, I always ask my, um, my guests a couple of questions just, just to tie up before they leave. Um, I would like to know, how do you actually define health? What's, what does that word mean to you? Well, we know, of course, that uh, the World Health Organization has finally readdressed their definition of health to include you know, mental, spiritual, and emotional, uh, which is a, a, a positive step in the right direction because we're certainly not just physical beings. We are absolutely indisputably spiritual beings. And so my definition of health uh, would have to have its basis in uh, peace of mind, peace of mind. Uh, if we could boil it down, contentment. I would say, that if you don't feel profound contentment and peace in your heart, in your body, in every cell, then you can't consider yourself healthy. No matter how good and fit you look and how many jumps you can do or hang from a tree or whatever, if you don't feel in your soul a deep contentment and peace, then you cannot consider yourself healthy. And with that very high bar, raised we'd have to all admit that most of the time we're not healthy mm. and that's a really good starting point that you know you use the negative you understand the actual awareness of not being healthy itself is health absolutely that's a very profound message yeah and what about happiness? I always think that happiness is something that a lot of people pursue, but you, I think you just described it in a way with, with your version is contentment, but how does, yeah. how, does, how does John find happiness? Uh, again, you don't find it. You can't find it. You know, this is the great Zen tradition teaches us this, you know, you can't find it. It is unseekable because what is seeking itself is it, right? That's the Zen conundrum. 
the awareness that is seeking the answer is the answer. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't be seeking. So it's that kind of uh, we, we're, we're fixed in this conundrum, this uh, Zen puzzle of looking for health, looking for happiness, looking outside of ourselves for these things. But the source consciousness, which is generating that activity itself, has become uh, ungrounded, bifurcated. So the first step is to get grounded. And that will profoundly help people to become happy. I truly believe that. Uh, I was never happier in my life than walking around barefoot across Iceland, profoundly connected to the environment, peace, health, happiness every day, indisputably. Of course, suffering, of course, pain, but that was very low on the radar compared to the immense input of energy from that wonderful brain, uh, uh, I would say there's a key that we can use to unlock the secret of happiness. Great. And the last one is serenity. I always think serenity is something that we really undervalue that I define it oftentimes as, um, as being able to turn down the noise that the finding that place of stillness, is that something that you value and what spiritual practices do you observe to try and turn the noise down zazen that's a daily practice as much as possible sitting quietly doing nothing is my definition of zazen uh, uh, i believe that uh way too much of the meditation boom we're seeing now is result driven if i meditate this will happen i think this is unfortunate but it's better than not doing it at all. People will start to feel the effects of meditation if they just continue and persevere and realize, whoops, I'm not gonna get enlightened doing this. Uh, so meditation, very important. Having, having a central spiritual tradition that you can relate to is really helpful rather than doing spiritual window shopping all your life, which is confusing the hell out of a lot of people. Try this, try that, do this, do that. Oops, didn't work. Um, I think we need to, so that the term grounded actually brings everything together. Uh, and, and it gives you an outlook that is much more pragmatic in a sense. Does this practice really work? Mm -hmm. Can I continue it day after day, forever, you know? Uh, it demands us to question more, I believe. So serenity, to return to serenity, which is a wonderful world, a wonderful world. Um, wow, to be serene. Now there is a dream. Hey, that was a poem. That was absolutely. I've just I was stunned into silence. <laughs> anyway, um, I just want to, as I said, acknowledge. Anyway, thank you very much, Tatiana. It was a pleasure and a privilege talking such to such an intelligent earthling. Well, thank you very much, um, Ditto. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I have a huge amount more to learn from you. I, I can see that, and I, I will definitely be annoying you ditto, on a regular ditto. basis. <laughs> 
So um, I'll just okay. say, I'll just say goodbye to my listeners and hope that they also um, enjoyed this episode as much as I did. We could have talked for hours and hours and hours. It's it's just a fascinating subject, and John is an absolutely fascinating man. Everybody, if you like what you've been hearing, please rate, review us, and of course subscribe. And most of all, tell all your friends. Spread the word. Get this message out there. It's good for us, the more that we get higher up the rankings, the more important news and information we can bring you. And this sort of thing is the sort of thing that can absolutely make huge differences to the quality and the health of your life. And so on that note, um, wish you all a wonderful time until we next meet and wishing you all health, happiness, and serenity.